Welcome to the bonus episode. My name is Ashley the Boston Game, and I'm your host. And this is Christiana Kimik, and she is your producer. Hello. I have no idea what episode this is. It's a bonus episode. It's a bonus episode. No number. No Keep number. Simple. simple. Bonus episode is an episode that's outside of our serial episodes. Serial, not like food, which is the first thing I think of. Serial, S-E-R-I-A-L. Meaning they're happening on a consistent basis. A bonus episode is like out of nowhere. Boom. Bonus. Explained. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't help myself. <laughs> you have suddenly become Webster's Dictionary. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about something that's so special to me. Mm, I don't even know where to start because I'm not used to talking about myself. It's very weird. Um, So you are a lifelong dancer. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Actually, technically not lifelong since I was about... I think I got really serious about it whenever I was about 15. Okay, whatever. But it's been in there. And you have a dance company? Yes, Haven Dance Company. We're based out of Orange County, California, and we are not a school proper, meaning like you would come for weekly classes, but we're a performance company. So we basically grab onto projects. We get hired out to do certain things. We'll do music videos. We've been hired for music videos. And then we just do projects like concept videos. Do you do bachelor parties? We have not been asked to do bachelor parties. Just checking. <laughs> yeah. When we say dance, we mean like hip hop. Contemporary. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, Ashley's got to throw that in there. I love it. I can't help it. So you guys, so you were inspired to do a dance about addiction. Yes. So we do concept videos. Haven Dance Company does. We've been around since 2018. And what a concept video is for someone, you know, for people who may not be familiar, basically you're taking a concept, a topic, and then overlaying dance to it and telling a story and wanting to get across or tell a specific message with it. It's really, there's so much, there's so many styles and forms of dance out there. And a lot of us, all my company members and myself, as much as we loved the competition dance world, and it holds a very special place in our hearts, in our life, um, in our training, really, truly, all of us got into dance for the art of it. And you miss that aspect whenever you're training sometimes. You know, you want to make sure that you can just make good art and tell great stories and connect with people. And that's the whole point of doing a concept video. So whenever I had started with Lion Rock and really started diving into learning more about substance use disorders on a very deeper level, I kind of started connecting with, I was really hearing about like the pain aspect of it and understanding where it was coming from and understanding, I don't know, I guess I just, I kept hearing pain as a recurring theme and I just started seeing like a concept coming together. And I was like, I think it'd be really incredible to do a concept video surrounding addiction. And, but how do you do that? It's such a broad topic. There's so many things you can say, so many things you can do. And so then it was like laying that out. What would it look like? How would it feel? How could we tell it, you know, and do it justice? Because this is a very important topic and this is a population that is so misunderstood. There's, you know, we always talk about ending the stigma and that's really important to me. And so I just kind of sat there and was learning and, you know, sitting under you and learning as much as I could. 
And all of a sudden, I remember coming to you one day. It was right after we got our office. And something had hit me where I realized I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So when someone is using the relationship with their substance, right? It's a relation. It's like a person. This is like a person. And this like inhabits the same area that a person would. And so and it hurts you like a very, it's a very toxic person. It, it promises you a lot of things and you're going to come with it and it's going to enhance your life and you'll build this life together. And, you know, I, I just started hearing this narrative and I was like, oh, it just gave me this deeper revelation. So I remember I was like nervous because I was like, oh, I hope I'm getting this right. But I wanted to check it with you because I was like, I'm still learning really like truly about the depths of this disease. And so I was like, let me just like check this with Ashley and see if it's right. So I remember coming up to you and saying like, hey, is this right? Like, this is what I'm seeing. And you were like, yes, like that's exactly what it is. And you just shared this poem with me that you wrote in, I think it was 2007. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wrote it in really early sobriety. I mean, it's this incredible poem, you know, that that's that we put in the video. And you said, oh, that's exactly it. I wrote this poem about it. Here, you do you want to read it? And we condensed the poem a little bit. Um, the full poem, I mean, just the poem the condensed is just, ugh, it's so gut-wrenching. And it's so hard to hear and so hard to read. But it's just this raw, honest truth. And it was at that moment that I was like, okay we're onto something here. We we need to talk about the relationship. And I feel like when when you're creating a dance concept video, you know, you at least for me, I don't want to tell like a super literal story. I want it to be artistic enough to where people can interpret it and really kind of have to figure it out to a degree. And like you want to say something without saying it. It's just kind of the artistic part of it, but you want the audience to get it enough to where the the message comes across. And so that was probably the hardest thing about laying this out. It's like, gosh, how do we tell it? So tell the story so that we, it the justice is done to the people who are struggling with this disease and also to the people that have been lost to it, but also that we're getting the message across that like we want to break the stigma. And I think that's when we named it the story of the struggle and thought, all right, we're going to talk about the story of the relationship, but we're only going to talk about the pain and the struggle. Like we're going to extract that moment in like the journey of using where you've grabbed on and like gone, started to go all in and you're just lost in that pain cycle and, and just in that struggle of like, oh my God, this is, like, this has overtaken me. What do I do? And then those moments where it's like, I don't want this anymore, but I do. And and just that whole washing machine effect. And and the whole point of that isn't like, we're, we didn't want to tell a story and make it gut-wrenching just to make it gut-wrenching. The whole gut-wrenching part and the part that we really wanted to get in people's face about was the fact that this is a human being who is in a lot of pain and not a throwaway. There's honestly nothing that makes me angrier than a human being throwing it another human being away. That's just very unacceptable to me. That's 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 not that is not acceptable. And that doesn't mean, you know, that when someone's using they're not hurting people, you know, that that doesn't that's not what that means. You know, but we're not telling that part of the story. We're 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 wanting to tell the story of really getting people to understand what when someone's using what they're going through and what pain they're trying to make go away. And we wanted to to do that justice because it's time we started taking care of, you know, people who are struggling with this disease in our society. 
Yeah, you guys did an incredible job. I had no idea what it was going to look like. And of course, that poem I wrote a long time ago. And I don't typically like poetry. So it's interesting that I wrote that. But yeah, you, I mean, I was just, I was just blown away by what you guys did with that and, and the different aspects of it and, and just the portrayal. And, and I, you know, it's funny because we talk about in, in recovery and, and when someone is in a marriage or in a relationship with someone who's using, you know, we call like the person is married to the substance and cheating on the substance with you, right? Like people feel like, oh, I feel like, I, you know, they're, you know, he has a mistress and it's like, no, no, you're the mistress. You're the mistress. The relationship is with this, with that. And you are the person who is the second fiddle. And, you know, that, that description comes from a place of, that you described, which is that you are in a connection, you know, interesting, the whole pandemic has really brought up this idea of connection, just much more so, at least for me to think about. And, addiction is about isolation it's about lack of connection but you take something in the in the food addicts world we say we say i want to be connected to the people not the food right so you go to dinner with someone and you would say like i'd like to be connected you know you talk about to you know mantras and stuff like i'm going to be connected to the people not the food right because the food the drug the whatever like the, that thing is a substitute for connection and so instead of connecting with all the other people in the world or the world itself, you connect with that one thing. And so giving that thing away, giving it up, quitting it, sober, whatever you want to call it, that has, um, including being addicted to people, that has, you know, you are letting go of a relationship. And I think that's something that's very hard for people to understand in terms of getting sober, which is this person is not just quitting using they're ending a relationship. They're ending a relationship with something that has given them something, that has given them something of value over a period of time and sometimes a very long period of time. And that is very painful and very difficult of any relationship. Any of us have ever ended a relationship through death, breakup, whatever it was, you know that that process is very painful. And then you add the psychological and the addictive factors, of course, and that's a whole different story. But yeah, I thought you guys just did a really incredible job. The dancing was really incredible. Um, music, all of it was just really like I watched it and was like had to kind of stop after and like, whoa, that was heavy. You know, and and it's interesting seeing you had um, some of the dancers who represent substances. You had them in black and kind of, you know, charcoal ashy nests and it was interesting seeing seeing them wrap themselves around the peep you know the the person who's addicted because you know in my poem I anthropomorphize drugs right I make them into people and but I didn't make them into people I knew or I didn't like I don't know I, I it was interesting like that was and it was a long time ago but when the visual of of the person being taken in and comforted by something dark, right? That visualization of that, like, and comforted in a gentle way, in a loving way, in a way that a parent would comfort a child or like, it was very interesting to me because it is very much that way, 
right? It is very much that comfort, that knowing, that understanding, the knowing of what's going to happen, the kind of like ease and comfort, as we say. And to see what that looks like, right, is very different because when you talk about heroin, right, you're talking about needles, you're talking about, you're talking about, you know, a substance of uh, whether it's, you know, powder or, you know, whatever, like you're, it's not warm and fuzzy, (laughs) right? Like it doesn't, it's not like none of those things, you know, that's not the visual you get. Even if you get ease and comfort, still not the visual you get. But the truth is that what the video shows is a substitution somewhere along the way. Those of us who were that person did not feel like we could get that comfort and that we could not find that. We did not trust people to give us that whatever it was. And so we did get that comfort. And to see the visual of really just being held or really just being hugged or, you know, the back and forth was very thought and emotionally provoking because I, you know, it's been a long time since I thought of it like that. And just because I'm so removed, but that's what it's like. So I want to just give huge shout outs to my dancers and my crew as well, because this video was pulled off. I'll kind of give you the timeline of how this was pulled off. And it's even honestly, it blew me away. And it's even more incredible that we were able to do this in such a short amount of time and that it came to fruition and told the story that we wanted to, to tell. So Kalia Spoon, she's my my best friend and also my assistant director and choreographer. She's incredible. She adds so much creativity to everything and just takes everything, every idea and just makes it better. Jordan Levine, who uh, she's a dancer and she and I have not known each other for a super long time, but we clicked and we're like sisters. And um, she did, uh, she assisted with the choreography of this. She stayed up late with me. Actually, it was, it was the night before my birthday. She came over and we went to a gym pre-coronavirus and we choreographed for like five or six hours and we choreographed into my birthday. So we choreographed like past 12 a.m. And it was just the coolest gift. So thank you, Jordan, for that. And then Nicole Papillons, uh, she's our fitness trainer. And Jordan is our costume designer. So if you liked those sweatshirts and the, that costume that the substances were wearing, that was all Jordan right there. She's incredible. She can take anything and make it something. Nicole Papillons is our fitness trainer. So she keeps all of us as trim as we can, minus quarantine. And company dancer, Abby Server, who's another one who's, she's an OG. She's been with us since the beginning. Katie Alcaraz, she's the tall one with this these beautiful long legs and just does an incredible job. I've been dancing with her. Actually, we were on a com- competitive team back in 2011 as adults together. That's when I first met her. It was incredible. Um, and Emily Hine, who is just also another incredible dancer and just added so much to this project. Wasn't sure if she was going to be a part of the project. Didn't know if her time would line up. And it did. And I'm so happy she was a part of it as well. These dancers came in. I had the idea It was, I think I was sitting at brunch with my best friend New Year's Day and we had the idea, but it was just going to be like, we're going to teach this in like a class. Like it'll, like I'm going to, I said, I want to have my birthday present be a dance class. I want to teach a dance class with all of my, my company members because we'd been having a hard time trying to find time to get together for a project. Very long story short, the idea to make it a video came like a week and a half before we shot. I got some locations together. Mather Dance Company, who's this incredible dance company in Anaheim, California, they 
rented their studio out to us like last minute and we're so gracious about it and we're so thankful for that. That's where we shot it. And we didn't have any time to meet beforehand. Like there was like, we don't have a studio space. We rent studio space. So we're kind of a free floating company right now. And so what ended up happening with this production is me being in marketing. I wrote up an entire brief because I was like, I'm going to have to like tell these girls what they need to dance to. And I need to give them a lot of good information quickly. And so what happened was it was a Sunday. It was the Sunday after my birthday. I think my birthday was on a Saturday. So we shot the next day because that was when studios were available. And we met at two, I think we met at two o'clock. We didn't start dancing till like three o'clock. I briefed them on like, this is what the video is about. And this is what we're going to learn. They learned all the choreography in two hours. Like no kidding, two hours. We packed everything up. My saint of a husband goes out and gets everybody dinner and brings like Gatorade and sandwich orders and all this stuff. We drive a half an hour over to Mather Dance Company and our production crew, Weaver Media, Zach and Nicole, love you guys. They're the ones that photographed and shot this incredible husband and wife duo. And we started shooting. We, I think we were supposed to start at six. We ended up starting at just about seven o'clock because we were doing makeup and getting everything together. And we shot the video and I think we wrapped at 1130 and the fact that these dancers learned it, but not only learned it, like I'm working in, you know, treatment every single day. I'm, I'm in this world. I have a better understanding just because I'm in it and I get to hear the stories and, and work with people, but my dancers aren't. And I'm telling you, they ran with it. Like I very rarely had to jump in and redirect or give any kind of, you know, space to what needed to be done. Every once in a while, we'd listen. They did, their homework was to listen to your story and band's story. That was their homework before. So that was on them to listen the week before we shot. But I mean, it was like the prep time was, I mean, I, it again, they just learned it all in a day. And there are three of us playing the people who were addicted. And then, and I was playing you because this is all based off of basically your story, which I was was my every inspiration. And um, there are four substances. And so we were like, how are we going to portray the substances? And we had gotten syringes. I, I, you know, got syringes without needles because we didn't need any accidents while we were dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, which is, to me that was one of the, they're like, happened. where's the needles? And I was yeah. like, I know. I was like, oh my God, I'm just like seeing like, you know, we're shooting yeah. in this beautiful, like, right. like white Someone's space. Gutted. You know, I'm like, I could see blood going everywhere. And you know what was the coolest thing is I, I said, you know, my girls are all, I say girls, they're all women, but they're like, I'm like mama bear. They call me, they call me Christy mama. I'm Christiana, but they call me Christy mama. Cause I'm a mama bear. I will like defend these girls to, you know, the nth degree. I love them. And, um, they've all been, they've all been exposed or touched by addiction in some way, shape or form. So they, they understand it. Right. And so all I said was just pick a substance and don't tell me what it is. Don't tell anybody what it is, but what would it do to somebody? And it was insane how each girl was something, they embodied something so different. What if somebody picked bath salts and started trying to eat someone else? It'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be bath salts and lose I my sh- mind. I should have brought you into this. You oh. would have been bath. Of course you would have been bath I salts. Been, I would have done something really dumb. That was, yeah. <laughs> Pick a substance, any substance. I'd be like, any substance? Can I do some ketamine and lay on the ground? <laughs> it is. It was so incredible because, I mean, 
There's so much choreography that the dancers brought to this and it was freestyle. I mean, there are a lot of interlaid moments where it was like we if, if you're, you know, we talk we've talked about improv before and laughed about it, but really truly when you get improv going and you get a you get a concept, you get music going and then with the directive I gave to Zach who was shooting us, I said, "Look, until I say cut, don't cut unless we're doing like specifically like, oh, let's get this shot three different times. But once we start improving, keep rolling and just go with us and don't stop because there's magic that happens and you have to give the space for it. And that's exactly what every single dancer brought. I mean, just it's this video is just laden with their magic and their their pure gold of dancing and choreography and their understanding and communication of the concept. And they were all hyper aware that this message, like what it was about, how important it is. And they were, I mean, we all had moments where we were just in tears because we were just plugging in so hard to just connecting in being in that moment and being in that pain and sitting in that pain and not being afraid to go there together. I feel like together as a group, we were able to get there because we're all, it's the reason why we named it Haven because it's a safe place to be able to just get vulnerable and tell these stories and do them justice for others. And so just shout out to my girls because, I mean, it was incredible. Like I remember at one point during dancing, one of the substances I was dancing with, like I was like chasing after her. Like I wanted more and she wouldn't give me what I was asking for. So I'm chasing her as I'm improving. And then um, in the very end, it's me and Nicole. And Nicole, like if you watch the whole improv, I mean, we both got mega like bruises and scars and stuff from that improv because she all of a sudden started playing very destructive and like grabbed me and pulled me up and then threw me down. And they were all, it, it just, it was incredible what was happening. And then towards the very end, that like hug. And that was right after she was just destroying every piece and every part of me. You know, it was, I, I just thought what was happening as dancers was so raw and so organic, but so true to what someone is going through whenever they are addicted to a substance. And it had all of us just, I mean, we were all completely broken from it. I mean, just really broken for people who are hurting because of addiction. And, um, you know, we, I, I just, I can't say it enough. We've got to stop treating people like they're garbage. It just, it's got to stop because they're not, they're humans and they, they deserve better, you know? Yeah, I do. Yes, I do know. <laughs> I, it's hard. I don't surround myself in those situations where I'm exposed to a lot of it anymore, where I'm exposed to the stigma. I, I've just like naturally cut that out. And it's so interesting to see it because I live in a world and in a place where I don't face that very often, or at least not to my face. And um, it's just interesting to tap back into that. And just, it's always surprising to me. I'm like, you think what? Like people think that, oh, okay. You know, like we're still talking about the, that's still happening. Yeah. And it's just, I, I mean, it is all the time in everywhere. Um, but I just live in a world, you know, I just live in a place in a t world in a time where, you know, I have to deal with that very often anymore. And I'm, I'm grateful. So, I was gonna say, I'm so grateful for that. And I think yeah. that that does speak to how there is stigma that's being ended. There really, and there are people who, well, like, in certain places. Community. Yeah. True. And the recovery community is so incredible. Oh, gosh. Like, I think the recovery community alone is helping people understand because people are now starting to be willing to listen. But there's just as many people that are just like, they're so quick to judge 
for instance, I get, I don't comment on a whole lot of people or a whole lot of people. I don't comment on a whole lot of things on Facebook just because it's like just casting pearls before swine, to be honest. It's like, I, I'm, I'm not going to get in debate with you unless I'm ready to get into a debate with you. It's just not worth it. I don't need to voice my opinion on everything, but there was like some news story circulating. I won't even tell you where because I don't want to give it justice, but it was talking about a celebrity who was on prescription pills and it came out. And it's just this news story that's laying things bare that you just don't need to be telling about somebody's life. It's just gross. And I saw it being circulated and all I read was the headline. And that's like, that's all I needed to know. And so I I commented on it and said, hey, this is shameful. Stop circulating stories about people that don't need to be circulated. Like this isn't someone's personal life doesn't need to be news. And like you guys need to be doing better to society to not like circulate like a story that's happening that should be circulated, not something that's just going to give you money in your pocket. Like it and it's surrounding addiction and it's just complete exploitation. And I, I said something else like prayers to this family because what they're going through right now is like their life is being rent apart and now you're putting it on display. And like, that's just sickening. And I was actually, I wasn't expecting any like comments or replies, but I got a lot of them and was like, oh, okay, here we go. I'm not deleting this comment. Like, I'm just going to go with it. And there as many amazing people as there were that were like this right on. Yes. Like prayers to the family. There were like people that were commenting like, haha, but you read the news story anyways, they got you. And then there was this one lady that said, hey, you know, Christiana, were you this mad whenever the crack hit? And I just like sat there and I was just like, oh, like, who the hell do you think you are? Like, it was like, I don't care that somebody's saying something like back to me or or even if they had a question, like, I'm, that's fine. Like, let's talk. I can have differing beliefs or opinions of people. That's part of life. But it was a personal attack. And I was like very offended because it's like I have, you know, my friends that are in recovery and my friends that have lived through this. And that's not funny. That's not a funny comment. That's not joking about were you this mad when this hit? It, that's not funny to joke about. I think this the way to... Yeah, you know, it doesn't bother me the same way. It's interesting. It pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't... I'm like, whatever. I think the best way that we are going to deal with the stigma is by people who are functional and respected in society coming out and saying, I'm in recovery and I used to live this way and now I don't. Because I don't think anything we say, personally, really combats the way that what we do combats the stigma. And by people who are, you know, functioning, respectable members of society saying like, this is, I don't live like this anymore. You can change. I I change. You can change that kind of thing. I think that is really where we're going to see change where it's acceptable to say, I had this struggle. I got help and look at me now. You know, I do have compassion for, it's a hard disease to love someone through. Because they become someone else. They become a demon, a, a shell of a human of themselves. They do horrendous things. And it can be really hard to love someone in the throes of addiction. It really can. It can be really hard to love some horrible version of someone. And so I understand why that is the case because I, I, I've lived that. And I know why that's so hard, but I also think that's why it's that much more important to, for people who are in long-term recovery to come out and say like, yep, that was me. 
and I've changed my life and I've made amends and I've cleaned up. And I think that is going to be the best medicine, so to speak, for the stigma. And then, you know, a lot of people, I just feel like a lot of people need something to be pissed about and they need somebody to be angry and, and shit on. And, uh, I mean, we're just an easy crowd. <laughs> it's just an easy, you know, it's just an easy crowd. And yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, it is. And, and I'll, I'll also say that it's just, it's still not right. You know, I, and I, I get that, you know, that's, that's actually, we're talking about that being one of our, I don't know if we're going to shoot it next It'll depend when dance studios open, but one of the next concepts that we are going to add to this, we want to do like a mental health series, basically, because we were so inspired by this after dancing. The the my dancers just caught on to the concept and they were like, we're ready to do more. We shot this back in January, by the way, whenever everything was, you know, still open. But we wanted to do a juxtaposition and do the perspective of the family member who's suffering as well and saying to the person who's using like I've done everything I can for you. What else can I do? And and giving giving place for that suffering as well, because you know I've had family members who've gone through it and friends and and you know it's you know even hearing about Peter's Peter's perspective on what he went through and and just suffering while you were suffering as well and and just it it's it's sobering and but I still feel like. I still feel like, and, and I feel like that's why we wanted to do this one first. We just had the inspiration, but I think it makes, like what you said, it makes people an easy target because it looks like a choice and not a disease. You know, people compare it to, well, cancer, you know, is a disease, but this is a choice. And so insert all these awful terms about this person. And it's easy because this, like you said, this, whoever is using, you know, does turn into a shell of who they it's not it's not who they are it's not at all who they are and and it takes them over they're really quite literally overtaken and that still doesn't mean that they can't get recovery and they don't matter and if we treat them like a throwaway that's somebody that could have recovery and yes it has to be their choice I think it's hard for people to understand why it is that the using isn't a choice but the recovery is like if you can have choice with recovery, why why isn't it choice with using? And I think there's a lot of language that floats around that's very confusing. And, you know, in the throes of what was going on, like I was a horrible person, really, seriously, and made a lot of people miserable and did a lot of things that are not respectable and not, not things I would do today, but I did them. I did them. And I think that I understand why that's difficult and confusing. I guess is I just do. I just, I don't know. Having been there and seen that and done it, I understand why that's confusing. I also believe that, you know, we all make decisions that lead to problems. You know, a lot of cancers come from decisions that we've made over our lifetime and risks that we've taken. And, you know, I, th- I think that it really comes down to the ability to have more compassion. I mean, that's really what it is. Like, it's really about the ability to have more compassion for situations you may not understand and to leave space in situations for things you may not understand. To leave space for, that sounds really bad. Maybe there's something I don't understand about it. And that's hard right? Because it's, we all want to like put everything into a category and, you know, I think our brains naturally want to 
figure out and and label things. But the truth is there's more there's always more information than we have and and I have found over the years that that more information is pretty that context for what's going on is invaluable. And so when I feel like I don't have that context, I often try to leave space for the ability to have compassion. And that's a learned behavior. But I guess when it comes to the people judging the people using, I said, yeah, like if you look at that, like if you just take a look at that with no education and no understanding, it doesn't look so good. It doesn't look like something where there's a lot of compassion. I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's like pedophilia. Like no one's going to be like, oh my God, that guy was abused by every member of his family for his entire life and his brain rewired so that his sexual attraction looks like XYZ and now he doesn't know how to control this compulsion. No one is saying that. They're like, put him on an island and burn him to death, right? Nobody wants the And the reality is nobody wants that context. That's the truth because it's just easier to say you're a piece of shit. And so I think we're like a couple rungs down from that, which is like, sometimes you just look at it and you're like, and not everybody who gets sober is a good person. Not everybody, like, you know what I mean? Like not everybody gets sober and like that part of them goes away. So I do really do understand why that's confusing. And I think my message to people is like, okay, and give space for new information, more information, and that... There may be there may be more to the story. There may be more healing. There may like maybe you don't have all the information, and if you do that, if you include that that little bit of compassion and space or space even just space for compassion, then you will help change the collective narrative on this topic. Like if you just leave space for, gosh, that is so sad. That is so sad, and you just leave it at that. Like you know you just leave it at that then. Whereas I think like there's this Instagram account that follows like crazy people in um, crazy using like, oh my God, using in San Francisco and it, and people send in stuff and it's gnarly. And I look at those people. Now they are lunatics. Okay. I mean, they are out of their f-ing minds completely. And I look at them and I think, what happened? What happened? And now they're probably stealing from people. They're breaking into cars. They're, you know, whatever. And that, if that was my car, I'd be really pissed. I would not care what happened to that. You know what I mean? So I think that's what, I think that sometimes like you're coming from this place of like what you, how much bandwidth you have for compassion for somebody else. But like, I look at that and I'm like, oh my God, we have this population of people who are so, who've experienced so much trauma and now are living on the streets and just compounding that trauma. Oh my God, the amount sleeping in piles of trash. And like, yeah, is it ruining the city? Is it, you know, all of the things about what that does to a community are true. All of the crappy things that they're doing, that's true. And something went terribly wrong. Something went terribly, terribly wrong. Should you take them into your home? No. But I do think like it's the ability to hold two truths in your hands at once that are uh, that don't feel compatible. Like, wow, this person is doing horrible things and making life 
other people's lives terrible. And Jesus, what happened to them? What what what's going? On? What happened here? How did the, how did they get here? And I think that's a very difficult thing for most people to do. I don't think they care to do it unless it touches them. It takes energy to care. Yeah. It takes stepping outside of your current reality to care and and also opening yourself up to a newer truth, right? Like really starting to understand somebody else's pain and the reason why why they're in it. Uh, to be honest, that's that's the only way I've really grown as a person is by opening up my perspective and my perception of people and allowing myself to hear how they got there and and what that took. And that has brought you know, forgiveness to certain people, you know, in, in regards to certain people in my life. And, and, um, and some it's like, it's like, like you're saying compassion, having compassion for someone does not mean that you let your guard down, that you let your boundaries down. It just quite simply means that there's just, there's a compassion that you're holding that in, in a space that you're holding for them. That's, that's a human. I encourage people who struggle with that instead of trying to have compassion for them, start with just neutral. Like, you know, another thing we say in, in, uh, you know, food addiction recovery is we talk about body neutral, you know, people talk about body positive and like body positive when you're struggling with that can be a really difficult task, right? Like you're, you feel like you're lying to yourself. Like I can't tell myself I I look so great, you know, whatever. But what if you were body neutral? What if you found a way to not say anything horrible about your body. You just stayed neutral. And I highly recommend, I mean, I recommend that for people struggling with eating disorder, but I recommend that for people struggling with with judgment, which is don't worry about trying to get to the compassion for the person breaking into cars right now. Like that's a long shot. And so it's a tough order, you know, Um, but, but try neutral. Like, Try to try to try to say, oh, it really like stay in a place of wow. It would really, it's really, you know, unfortunate that that's happening. Like, try to go, you know, body neutral in this case, judgment neutral. Like, stay as neutral as you can and practice that because I think that is the pathway to having a little bit more compassion. Is if you can just say, you put, place no judgment on it. Call, call it for what it is, but place no judgment on it. That's good. That's really good practical advice. And if you guys want to see the video, yes, haven't. Oh, check it out. Where can they find it? They can find it. So we're on a couple different places. So you can find it. The video is posted on YouTube. So I'll have the link to the YouTube in the show notes, but you can also find that link. We'll have it posted on our website, Haven Dance Company. If you search Haven Dance Company on YouTube, it should pop up. But you can also find us at havendancecompany.com. Shout out to my amazing best friend who built this website for us literally the week before the premiere. She is amazing. Amazing. I know. I know. She's amazing. And she's going to kill me for shouting this out over the airwaves. You're amazing, Kalia. Sorry, I love you. And so havendancecompany.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is Haven Dance Company. And Instagram is The Haven Dance Company because Haven Dance Company was taken. So we'll have all those links onto there. (laughs) So we're The Haven Dance Company on Instagram. Um, You'll know us because we have a purple star background. Purple star Haven Dance Company. This video is amazing, you guys. Seriously, check it out. Well done. Well thank done. Thank you. Well done, thank my friend. You. And thank you for being the inspiration for this. It's your poem made this. Anytime um, you need me to 
do drugs and ruin my life for inspiration, I'm happy to oblige. <laughs> I love, well. I love that. I love that. <laughs> my, who knew? I who knew that my just running it into the ground was going to be so damn inspirational. Love I mean, that. what did, you're the inspiration for a video. You're the inspiration for a company. Love you know, it. I just, Who I knew? just, you've done so many great things with I'm this. I'm starting to feel so much less guilty. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, so, you should. And the, we're hoping the guilt is, oh, go ahead. the guilt is fading, fading away fast. This, 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 I mean, who would have inspired all these things had I not done all these drugs? Exactly. Just don't go do them again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. We, we already we already have enough yeah. to pull from. We're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, good we're on good. content. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. No more content creation. No more inspiration needed. No, yeah. We've got we've got you know however many years of inspiration. We're good to go. We're I'm, good to go. I'm telling you, my body is so like of purity at this point that like. I really don't think I would survive having a glass of wine. Like I, I, my body, I go to bed too late and my body starts to like completely misfire and like I don't walk normal. I mean, I'm just like, how on God's green earth would I even be able to do anything? I drink too much caffeine. I lose my, you know, I just, I think that me not being sober, like regardless of anything else is so impractical. Like I just, I can't function. (laughs) Like I have dairy, my body absolutely falls apart. I have sugar falls apart. Like I just am like, what? (laughs) Dairy intolerance could be our next video. It's the inspiration. The inspiration. Oh God. I don't even want to think about what that would look like. Ooh, be gnarly. Although I'm I'm of the persuasion that vomits, so little oh. less, little less of the butt stuff. <laughs> God, you poor thing! I forgot that that's your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Me, I just look like I'm six months pregnant whenever I, get, I have dairy. Yeah, that that too. I get that too. Oh, but, I get that too. But my body, wow. my body is like, nope. That's your coming. body. Your body does a hard stop with dairy. Hard stop. Oh God, it doesn't even want it in my in my intestines. It's like it's it's literally an allergic reaction. That's like a violent reaction. No, it is. It's a full on allergic reaction to it. It's pre- pretty gnarly. <laughs> it's not just like an intolerance. It's like we're coming back out. Yeah. Well, the universe knew I needed a real hard stop to make that because anything, any light intolerance I can overcome. I've smoked through pneumonia. Okay, like, come on. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Neck another. Vi- I'm just getting video inspiration this whole time. You're smoking through pneumonia. Smoking through pneumonia. Oh my god! How did you function? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing the compassion aspect for yeah. you right now. Do not judge me, <laughs> damn it. Do not judge me. Just be impressed. Just be inspired by my um, my sheer my sheer stupidity and willpower. I was gonna say I wouldn't. I don't know if I even call that willpower. I I think that. Well, I had to stop that, smoking when I was hospitalized. So okay, that now that is sheer willpower. I've got to hand that to you because that's I couldn't sheer. Willpower. I was I was on an IV. I mean, I couldn't get out of bed. So. Oh, pneumonia. No COVID here. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other story. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being our inspiration. We've got Ashley's podcast story posted on our Haven Dance Company website as the inspiration. And you are quite simply absolutely unbelievably amazing. And thank Thank you for everything. Thank you. 
This was incredible. Seriously, this is this this video is really unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you so much. This podcast is sponsored by Lion Rock Recovery. Lion Rock provides online substance abuse counseling where clients can get help from the privacy of their own home. They are accredited by the Joint Commission and sessions are private, affordable, and user-friendly. Call their free helpline at 800-258-6550 or visit www.lionrockrecovery.com for more information. 